Richard. And I'm Gary. And these are our incredible stories. Hello and welcome back to all of our listeners around the world and across the United States. We're happy to have you back with us. If you are listening for the first time, welcome to our show. We hope that you enjoy it. In fact, we hope you enjoy it so much that you'll like and subscribe to this show and uh, join us for more episodes. Our new episodes are always posted on Fridays. So uh, if you like what you hear, join us every Friday for our new incredible story. So this evening... uh, we, we've always had a fascination with uh, Alvin Schwartz. We, we talked about him uh, in October. And so I uh, thought we'd talk about one of his stories uh, that he wrote up in the first uh, book that he did in his Scary Stories series, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about its uh, history because Alvin Schwartz was the kind of person who took notes. And the great thing about his books is that he has in the back uh, section for notes where he talks about where it came from and uh, the origins of the story because all stories have a beginning. And as incredible and strange as they may be, some of them have ties to the truth. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about uh, one particular story that we have with us today. They say that there's always a kernel of truth in any urban legend. Oh, and I absolutely agree with that. And you know what? If you if you look back at um, tall tales, you know, uh, you've got uh, John Henry, you've got Paul Bunyan, you have uh, Calamity Jane, and and all of these other people uh, who have incredible stories attached to them. And and some of these people were real people, but as their stories have been told over time, they become legendary they become superhuman they become something far more greater than what they may have been at their time and it's the embellishments and the exaggerations that people add to the stories that make them more and more fascinating and incredible than they actually are uh but that nevertheless takes away from from the actual story themselves it just i think it just makes it better and better and better Mm -hmm. i agree so but the story that we are going to be telling tonight, the, the one I'm going to be speaking about, is called The White Wolf. So, to give you a little bit of a background on this, uh, Alvin Schwartz did his version of The White Wolf, which stays pretty true to the original one. And uh, the original story he credits to an author by the name of Anne Music. Now, Anne Music was very similar to Alvin Schwartz. Uh, Anne Music was a person who uh, was a collector of stories. She went around West Virginia, uh, and she talked to people. She had uh, student researchers because she was working at a university. And they went around, and they actually collected all of these folktales and legends um, from, from locals. Uh, because she was just fascinated on in how these stories evolved um, and continued on. So according to Anne Music, uh, the original story for The White Wolf uh, took place uh, when this book was written, which was back in, I think, 1960, uh, over 100 years ago. 
and revolved around an individual who was a professional wolf hunter. And he was hunting down timber wolves and met an unfortunate end. Now, specifically, the story takes place in a, uh, an area called French Creek in the Backbone Mountain region. And so that's where the story uh, originated from. And a lot of people had kept the legend alive and spoken about it. So um, I'm going to read to you now the uh, Alvin Schwartz take on it. The timber wolves around French Creek had gotten out of hand. There were so many wolves that farmers could not stop them from killing their cattle and sheep. So the state put a bounty out on them. It would pay a hunter $10 for every wolf pelt he turned in. A butcher in town named Bill Williams thought that was pretty good money. He stopped working as a butcher and started killing wolves. He was good at it. Every year, he killed over 500 of them. That came to more than $5,000. It was quite a bit of money in those days. After four or five years, Bill had killed so many wolves, there were hardly any left in the area. So he retired, and he vowed to never harm another wolf, because wolves had made him rich. Then one day, a farmer reported that a white wolf had killed two of his sheep. He had shot at it and hit it, but the bullet didn't have any effect. Soon, the wolf was seen all over the countryside, killing and running, but nobody could stop it. One night, it came to Bill's yard and killed his pet cow. Bill forgot about his decision never to harm another wolf. He went into town the next morning and bought a young lamb for a bit. He took it into the hills and tied it to a tree. Then he backed off about five yards and sat down under another tree. With his gun in his lap, he waited. When Bill didn't come back, his friends started looking for him. Finally, they found the lamb. It was still tied to a tree. It was hungry, but it was alive. Then they found Bill. He was still sitting against the other tree, but he was dead. His throat had been torn open. But there was no sign of a struggle. His gun hadn't even been fired, and there were no tracks in the soil around him. As for the white wolf, it was never seen again. Now, uh, according to a lot of the people in that area, they believe that story to be true. And apparently there was an account of a man who had died from an apparent attack but there was no evidence that any animal had been around him. Mm-hmm. So, I this, mean... This could be the kernel of truth. That resulted in the urban legend. That, yep, that resulted in the urban legend. So, but, uh, but it's fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating. And the way that people look at it is that it is a, 
the spirit, like the spirit of Mother Nature or the spirit of the woods or the spirit of the wolves that he had killed, uh, had come back to take their revenge for the harm that he had done to them. Um, I mean, the claim in that story, which also seems like that could be a bit of a, a tall tale, um, was it 5,000 wolves that he had claimed to have killed? Mm-hmm. That's a lot of wolves. And so, you know, uh, for for the spirits to come back to get their revenge at all of the uh, wolves that had been killed in that area, overkilled probably, um, It's it also seems as though it's a bit of a, a warning to leave uh, nature be mm-hmm. and to, uh, you know, maybe balance out, because I can understand at that time, Cattle and, and sheep would have been the livelihood of these farmers, especially uh, over 100 years ago now. Um, so I could understand them wanting to protect, um, but it seems as though greed got the better of some of the hunters. Yeah, excess. Excess. <clears throat> right, right. And, and once again, we've got Alvin Schwartz, who is a master of telling scary stories. Oh, he absolutely to is. Be told in the dark. He absolutely is. And you know, Ann Music's uh, story is is pretty much similar. He didn't change a whole lot of, of her story. Hers goes into a little bit more detail and I believe she she calls it the spirit of the, the vengeful wolves mm-hmm. that uh, you know, is represented by the one white wolf. But if um, you enjoy the stories of Alvin Schwartz, I would strongly suggest checking out Ann Music because uh, her book let me get the title of that right now, is called The Telltale Lilac Bush and Other West Virginia Ghost Tales. Ah, from West Virginia. Yep, and uh, it's fantastic. I mean, it's very much in the same vein as mm-hmm. Alvin Schwartz, minus the, uh, the illustrations. But regardless of that, it's great short stories, and they're short. They're only like, that only takes you like a minute or two to read through the yeah, stories. a couple pages. A couple pages, but it's got a lot of great stories. Mm-hmm. And like um, Alvin Schwartz, Ann Music uh, has a whole list of notes in the back that uh, were collected about where it came from, the story itself, uh, the origin of the story, and any related articles that might tie into actual events that inspired the story. So uh, I can see how he was influenced uh, by her writings, and it's it's kind of a chain. So I would strongly suggest if you like Alvin Schwartz, I think you will love Anne Music. And she did a few books. She's got two, uh, two or three that deal with ghost stories, and then one that deals with songs and uh, poems from West Virginia as well. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely worth taking a, a look oh, at. Oh, absolutely. Good entertainment. Oh, I think so. I think so. But as for right now... I'm Richard. I'm Gary. And that was definitely an entertaining story. All right, guys, we'll talk to you next time. And again, if you liked what you heard, uh, go ahead and like and subscribe and join us again next Friday for some more incredible stories.